All right, welcome into a review episode of Waiting in the Sky with TJ Starman. I am your host, TJ Starman, and boy, do I have an experience to talk to you all about today. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not to be confused with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, released in 2022 directly to Netflix, now streaming, if you are so inclined, but you may want to listen just a little bit further before you make that decision, if I'm being honest. So this movie, like I said, was released directly to Netflix, and it is a sequel slash reboot to the historic horror franchise in the vein of Halloween, uh, you know, is the most recent one, or actually, it's not even the most recent one. Scream was the most recent one to do this sequel reboot type of thing. And so it's all the rage with horror movies uh, currently. And sometimes it works. Uh, In my opinion, I think it really worked with Halloween to kind of toss out all of the confusing, poor quality sequels and just roll with what was good to start with and build off of that. And I think that was the best case scenario that they were going for with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, they, they saw the opportunity to kind of capitalize on this IP and wanted to go ahead and create a new entry. And I'm not sure exactly where things went wrong, but boy, did they go wrong. So uh, this is a, a warning to everyone. I'm going to get into some spoilers. I'm going to do a quick story recap. Uh, If you are interested in what happened in this movie, but you are not interested in watching it, which I don't blame you. So uh, this is your final warning for spoilers, and I'm going to go into it in three, two, one. So they ripped off Halloween like they straight up did. Halloween 2018 was about it started off with these horror podcasters that were doing a tree crime podcast trying to get a rise out of Michael Myers and uh, unearth his legend for the benefit of their audience. And so what Texas Chainsaw Massacre does is actually quite different. It's actually quite different. I may have spoken too soon. So this is about social media influencers unearthing the story of this true crime uh, just massacre that obviously took place in the form of Leatherface. So totally different, totally different. Social media influencers are different than podcasters. Totally unique. Anyway, I I don't understand these characters in general. So they are going to this very small Texas town. I I, I should preface, this is the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie I've watched, so I don't have any of that background to really bring with me into this movie so if there was a lot of references that they made most of them went over my head because my exposure to the series has largely just been through recap videos on youtube and such uh so i didn't understand these characters going to this small town and what they were trying to do at one point they they talk about how they're chefs there's two of them that are, are i guess influencer chefs and uh one of them, there's a guy, I, I honestly don't even know their names. I think it's, is it Dante? I think Dante is the guy. And then I don't know what his social media chef partner's name is, uh, but her sister is also with her. And then Dante's fiance is, is with them as well. So there's a group of four of them. 
And I gather they're going to this town because they have somehow purchased all of these abandoned buildings. And now the next natural stage is to auction them off to their social media. I don't know if it's their followers, if it's also fellow influencers or what, but they're literally holding an auction to sell the deeds off to these buildings to all of these people. And I guess they're just going to create a influencer cult. And the movie doesn't even understand itself either because they have this character literally call that out. He says, oh, so you're, you're a cult. And I'm like, yes, this guy gets it. He understands this is a weird thing. Uh, and so they go here. They spot a Confederate flag hanging from one of the buildings. And this is deep rural Texas. So, yeah, it makes sense. But they're like, nope, we're not going to have that. It's going to tank the value of this building and the auction We got and, and scare people. So we're going to take it down. Okay, I guess that makes sense if you're going with this whole they're going to auction off these buildings thing. That would be a logical thing to do. It doesn't make sense that they're auctioning off these buildings still, and I'm not on board with that, but I get the concern about this flag. So they go into this building, and they think it's abandoned, but there's this lady who comes out and it's like, oh, I live here, and I figured out that stuff with the bank, so I live here. Well, they're like pissed off because they're like, no, you don't live here. We own this place, and we're about to sell it. Anyway, she gets really worked up because they call the cops and they're she I don't know what happens. She starts hyperventilating and vomits. And then the cops try to transport her to a hospital because they don't have ambulances in, in this part of rural Texas. And she dies along the way. And oh, by the way, her son is Leatherface and is in the vehicle with her. And he loses it because she's dead now uh, and just goes berserk. Absolutely berserk. I don't know why, but Dante's fiance was with the cops as well. And so needless to say, uh, she's going to die. Both the cops are going to die. Uh, Leatherface's mom is dead. He then cuts off her face, right? Okay, totally classic Leatherface move. He cuts off her face. He puts it on his face. And that's fine. Like, I get that. If they had shown some type of twine that he was using to secure this to his face, or if they showed him sewing it into a mask that went over his head, that would make sense. But my big concern with this whole mask situation is they don't do that. It's literally just her face and he presses it to his face and it somehow stays there the entire time. That's not how gravity works. Not at all. Uh, he's literally running around and like doing weird gymnastics and stuff and, and even swimming underwater. But that mask stays on his face without any type of reason why. Uh, so that is a big gripe that I had with this movie the entire time. Uh, but essentially, he goes on a murderous rampage, and uh, these people are making poor decisions left and right. There is this redneck mechanic guy who was kind of pushing back uh, against the group of influencers in the beginning um, because like, oh, they're yuppies, and they're coming in to, to take over this place, and everyone hates you type of thing well he ends up being like a decent guy and he's trying to defend people but then he dies right away like people are just dying all the time and so you can't really latch on to any one particular character i guess if you had to identify the main characters of this movie it would be the two sisters and i don't even remember their names if i'm being totally honest here um i kind of just identified them as not Arya stark and not maybe Funke. Uh, because that's 
the vibes that they gave off, I guess. And they they we kind of follow them throughout the story, but only when it's supposed to be interesting. And I say supposed to because that's debatable. But all these deaths are happening left and right. And even with the characters that we've been introduced to, like they're not earned at all. Like there's, I don't care about these characters. And so them dying means nothing. And and in a good horror movie, the deaths have to mean something. You have to be rooting for these characters the entire time. Even if you want to see deaths because it's a horror movie, you want to root for these characters and their death has to be something that is, has some type of repercussion or payoff for you as a viewer. And that doesn't happen at all. Uh, And it's partly because, well, it's largely because of, the writing because it doesn't make any sense and the characters keep making stupid decisions the entire time. And it's also the performances are a little wooden. I didn't recognize anyone from this cast list at all um, until after the movie. And I did recognize the name of I, who I guess is the final girl. And so I think is maybe supposed to be the main character, which is not Arya Stark, uh, but it's actually Elsie Fisher who played um, the lead role in Bo Burnham's eighth grade. Which, oh my gosh, you should watch that movie instead of this, because that's a good movie, and she gives a good performance in that. Uh, And this is not a good movie, and most of the performances are just absolutely awful. I think the guy who plays the like redneck mechanic guy, uh, he had some good moments. Um, I actually kind of liked that character, despite having like different ideologies. Um, But he showed himself to be like a good guy, and so. I like that character a little bit. Uh, his death still meant pretty much nothing to me. And then the two sisters did, they tried. It was very obvious they were trying, um, but it just wasn't landing and the stuff around them wasn't working. But I should mention the single biggest ripoff that this movie had uh, from Halloween 2018 is that they tried to bring back the original final girl, Sally, as this old lady badass out for revenge. And uh, let me just tell you, this is not Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode, uh, so it does not work. They just filled in the timeline with exposition because they start off in the cliche gas station and the guy's like, oh, well, that she survived. But then she spent the last 30 to 40 years becoming a Texas Ranger and she's been looking for him. And she's in like two scenes until... She shows up 20 minutes in, before the end of the movie. And it's like, okay, you're, you're trying to build this up as this being the significant thing because it's the first final girl from the first movie. And I should also mention that this is a different actress. Um, the original actress, unfortunately, passed, I believe, in 2014. So it's a new actress. So we don't have that connection to this actress that's portraying this character. And she also does nothing. She's bad at being a badass. And if she supposedly had 30 plus years of, you know, Texas Ranger training, you would think she at least knew how to use a shotgun. But she's just like trying to shoot Leatherface and he's somehow like deflecting it with the chainsaw. I don't understand. The people who wrote this did not understand how shotguns work uh, because you don't have to have very precise aim to use a shotgun. That's kind of the whole point is it scatters things uh, so that you can hit your target without aiming at a very particular spot. And the other thing with this movie is it's very much of the time. Like it, 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 
is a movie that was released in 2022 and it's like trying to make that obvious i swear they they based on the fact that they are influencers on social media the the controversy with the the confederate flag being there one of the the girls is a survivor of a school shooting and they make that like part of her backstory that is supposed to be brought into this uh you know tragedy that's unfolding in front of her now and they just do this weird thing where they are trying to like she doesn't like guns naturally because of that experience and they kind of hinted that in the very beginning with the mechanic guy but then when sally comes in and ba- basically just gets killed because she sucks and uh, doesn't know how to use her basic weapon to take down this dude with a chainsaw she there's a moment where she like loads the shotgun as she's dying and she's like don't run if you run you'll always regret this and you'll always think of him and and whatever and so they're trying to like tie in leatherface mowing people down with a chainsaw to the experience of being involved in a school shooting and like she's offering this character the chance at redemption or, or revenge um, by handing her the shotgun to end this and take care of him. And that just like was super tone deaf and just didn't work at all. Like, I don't understand why they would even try that. It was borderline uh, offensive, really. And so that didn't work at all. Uh, there is probably a really entertaining scene in the middle of all of this, which they the influencers that are bidding on things like the the people who came to buy things at the auction they're like partying the whole time and at one point there's this downpour of rain and so they get onto this like retro bus that has been fit to it's been renovated to be like a party bus and so there's just this blue light shining and there's music playing it's like there is a club and they're like drinking liquor and all of this stuff and so Leatherface, well, I should mention there's the, the absolute greatest performance in this movie is the bus driver guy who is for some reason asleep at the wheel while people are like hanging out, partying in the back of this bus while the main characters are slowly getting murdered uh, by Leatherface. Well, they finally catch up to the bus and they're like, oh, it's a bus. Let's drive away. Let's go. Let's go. They wake up this guy who's like sleeping at the wheel right now while everyone's partying and throw the keys at him. He's like, okay, I guess we're going to go. And then they get in the back. And this is the weirdest thing. He starts driving and then stops just randomly unprompted. And they're like, why are you stopping? Like, we need to get away from here. There's a murderer with a chainsaw. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't react to them asking why he's stopping. He just like kind of darts out of the bus and then like runs towards the back of the bus uh outside and next thing you know you just hear the and then like his head just comes rolling back into the frame and it's the strangest thing uh so i don't know why this guy stopped i don't know why he ran off this bus it was literally like he was just this poorly programmed npc in a video game that just ran the wrong direction for no reason whatsoever and this allows Leatherface access to this bus. And it's like, oh, you can only exit out the front. So all these people in this party bus are just standing there watching Leatherface. And they all pull out their phones to record him. Which I, I kind of 
get as like a commentary on uh, the landscape of the world right now that that's the reaction people have. But also, I mean, he's clearly murdering people. You're not going to just stop there and be like, oh, well, I've got to get this. And then you can see the comments coming in because they're on like Instagram live. And it's like, oh, my gosh, so fake. Or, Or where are you at? That looks fun. Like that was actually really funny i i enjoyed that element of it uh and then he's literally just mowing through all these people with the chainsaw and there's one scene where he just kind of casually like someone's leg is there and he just like throws it behind him like you know like you're throwing salt over your shoulder or whatever for good luck it was super weird but probably the best scene in the whole movie um super weird gross moment though that i will point out where he kind of takes the chainsaw and like shoves it through a dude like from behind like in his crotch and then like rams him into this girl that's there and then they're kind of like vibrating based on the motion of the chainsaw while they're getting murdered like through their crotches for some reason so that was just like a weird gross thing that they did there that ruined what was otherwise uh the best scene in the whole movie uh but that i mean that's it they, the final two two final girls end up fighting leatherface and then they think that they they finally have killed him and they're in this smart car that has autopilot and they're sitting there and they're like hey uh they're, they're making jokes just right off the bat like you would not believe that these people just saw like 30 people murdered with a chainsaw in front of them, like the most traumatic experience you could possibly have. And they're just making jokes. And all of a sudden the sister gets pulled out and Leatherface is alive. So surprised and kills her, but the autopilot is going and they opened up the sunroof. And so the, the eighth grade, uh, Elsie Fisher is the final girl. It's, clearly shown now she is literally the final girl but the car is driving away on autopilot and she sticks her head up out the sunroof and is just no my sister ah and then the movie's over as she's driving away with her head watching her sister be murdered by leatherface uh and then leatherface does his little dance thing that he did at the end of the the movie the first movie and that's it so that's i mean like the the summary of the whole movie uh nothing really great to grab onto it's so strange to me that they put this out in an era that has seen what halloween has done with the most recent installments um i've not seen scream yet but i've heard good things and so what scream has done with its most recent installment and this is what texas chainsaw massacre could do so Super disappointing if you're if you're a fan of the series that they weren't able to do anything better with it. Um, they also just the the main character from the first movie just kind of goes out in an unceremonious way and a way that is not cool whatsoever. Um, so I, there's really not a whole lot to take away from this movie that was good. Um, I think ultimately I would I would give it like. A, one star out of five, like one out of five rating. I think it might even be generous. Um, it's a bad, it's just a bad movie. If you like hate watching movies, give it a shot. Or if there was, if I somehow said enough to catch your interest, then maybe, uh, maybe it is worth taking a look at if you're a fan of the series. But uh, I know that according to Rotten Tomatoes, 
critics and audiences agree with me. Uh, it's only at 31% uh, score for each. So uh, very much rotten on both accounts. And uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the review of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 released on Netflix, now streaming. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining me for this review episode. Uh, we have a loaded loaded main episode of the podcast coming up this thursday um i am going to be digging into what makes the character of batman batman and uh we're going to be doing some fun what i'm calling build a batman uh with my friend isaac uh who brought a really good perspective to the conversation and so i think we're it's going to be one that you're definitely going to want to check out in addition to that, I have my first Bears coverage of season two. I was able to have uh, Windy City Gridirons NFL draft analyst Jacob Infante join me uh, for a conversation about the Bears' needs and uh, had him critique a mock draft of mine. So really good conversation between Jacob and I, and I definitely recommend that for any Bears fans or if you just want a glimpse into the NFL draft as well. That's a good place to start for sure. So be on the lookout for that episode. If you are not already subscribed to the podcast, please make sure that you do so so that you don't miss anything. And of course, if you're able to rate, review, like uh, this episode and, and the podcast in general, definitely appreciate anything that you can do to support the show. Uh, follow the show on social media at In the Sky Pod, and you can follow me on Twitter at TJ Starman. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.